Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the About Nothing Transfer Special. And as everyone can notice, the window is winding down. We have a few more days until deadline day and it's all over. And it has been a hectic one. And Bolish is here with me again. And Bolish, it has been a hectic one and there's still more drama unfolding. Give me, just give me what you've seen this afternoon already. It, it, it's always like that, you know, the serious and the unserious things, the Russian and the Russians. <laughs> you, you, it, it, I think it has come to be a normal, a normal thing and a part of the window to always, you know, see crazy, you know, um, deadline day deals and deadline moves happen like that. So it's very funny. <laughs> Um, I, 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 as as we are start talking now, you know, I just decided to scroll scroll through. Uh, here we go, Babizo's timeline, and then I'm seeing some ones that I didn't even know were in the works or that we are forgotten about. And I'm saying that uh, I'm seeing here we go, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I think we are going to be seeing a lot of here we go between now and next tomorrow, because that is definitely how the deadline day is. And before we even get to the ones, the events of today. I'm sure you have been willing to talk about. You have been to talk about this since last week. So Samuel Ntuti, even though temporarily is no longer a Barcelona player, even though at this point, like it is a loan move and so on and so forth. And obviously, you also want to talk about your personal feelings in this, in this case. But also, I also want to ask, like, considering the fact that a this is a temporary move, b Barcelona has foot in most of his wages. How much of a significant debt does this make to Barcelona's finances? And what does this mean for Titi and Barcelona? So, um, there's something that was done, which is why sometimes when people want to, you know, rant at uh, Laporta, I used to tell them they should calm down and understand the full picture. So, even though we are still footing most of the, his salary for this year, his salary was split into like he, he had there was a period he had like two years left and it was split into like a five year deal where it was he, so it significantly reduced his uh, salary per year. So yes, they are covering his salary this year, but it will not have been what they would have had to pay or pay off if they needed to go. If they needed to go, and I think it's just a case of both parties just needing a break away from each other. Since the World Cup, you know, where he had that, where he was, you know, he was supposed to go for surgery, but he went for the World Cup instead. Since that tournament, he has not been himself. He has not been, um, he has, yes, he won the World Cup. So, well, maybe, you know, that's a positive um, sign for him, but he has not been himself. He has not been fit. He has had so many injury concerns, so many injury problems. And he just felt like he should have long left Barcelona since, you know, since because he was not getting a chance. But I think for for someone like Ntiti, a place like Leech is somewhere that he can go and, you know, maybe if there's anything left in the tank, he has the opportunity to showcase it while also giving, removing that aura of um, you are trying to reduce negativity in your locker room as you are going into the season, which is very important, which a lot of teams, you know, sometimes forget. If you have people that, you know, you know they are not going to be part of the squad, there are some people that will be part of the squad that will not play much. 
but there are some people that you know you want to strategize them. You don't want them to be part of the squad. They're not really going to do much for the team. You don't rely on them. It's best bet, you know, to let them go. And a lot of people like that, you know, have left Barcelona. And then the beauty about this, as the final thing, is now seeing Jules Kounde in action, you know, over the weekend, seeing him, you know, make it a touchline clearance, you know, to keep the clean sheets, you know, seeing that it's in like having like that sort of uh, fresh of breath there where you have your two, you have like center backs, you know, two, your two main, your three main center backs are low, they are not, they are not as old, they are not up to 25 years. So giving ourselves opportunity to say, okay, let's, let's, let's start a fresh, fresh thing. So that's the old, that's the old, uh, my own thoughts around that stuff. So, it's good. Yes, you know, he, 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 we are still paying, but it does. It just felt like it needed to happen for him to just leave. Yeah, and frankly, I think he should have left a while ago, like maybe twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. And if his wages were not so high in the first place, he would have, he would he have probably left. Would have left at yes. some point, which is definitely something worth thinking about. So moving to Manchester United. They are starting to rush deals through the window. I was so certain after when Ajax rejected the 90 million euro bid, I knew they would come back with the 100 million offer. They so desperate for a player. And if you see that oh. Gimmick is out, it's obvious that they needed someone like that. And Ajax knew that early. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I was so certain. And also, they are bringing in Martin to Bravka to. I, mean, I don't know if he's a, a backup goalkeeper or because of his build, sense of build or play, he might displace the here. What do you think Anthony in particular brings to mind at it? And do you think they've paid, they've overpaid for a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old anyway? So, there are, there are two ways to look at it. But So, the first way I can say, uh, well, this is the uh, value of the market and then there's nothing that they could do, but that would be a lie because if they were intentional about their business, which is what a lot of United fans have been saying, and even people around the club have been saying, there is no um, plan or intentionality in how they are doing business because at some point this guy was available for 65 million or so, but because yeah. they are still dilly dallying, oh, we want to go for Gapo, want to go for that one, want to go for this one, they didn't sign him. Now they are buying, they are getting the same guy for 100 million. So, because of so, they are paying this FT price because of unintentionalism. And now they do their business, and the fact that it's close to the window. So, that's number one. So, in the first place, we all can agree that it's not worth 100 million. It's he, he, called, I think, eight goals and maybe four assists last season. Fine, he's a 21 year old player in contract for more than, I think, three or four years. So, therefore, you, you, you know, but. A certain Newcastle signed a particular Alexander Isaac, who is more proven talent up front for 65 to 70 million. So you now begin to wonder, okay, Alan came in. Yes, people were when uh, City signed Alan, people say he has a gen fee, he has that fee, he has this fee. Alan is a proven goal scorer that we all know that we will do well given the chances that the team is going to create. And even with the agents free and everything, I think everything is still around going to be maybe 100 million or even less. So by the time you start comparing the transfers like that, you now start discovering, oh, what exactly did United do? And you now go back and say, okay, United signed, signed Amatraori for 37 million about two seasons ago. 
and there was fan flare, there was everything about the guy. He wasn't even given the opportunity to play. He's no longer in the squad. I think it's, they loaned him to Rangers or something like that. And then I think maybe he's in the Dutch league now or something like that. So And then you begin to wonder, is the same problem over and over again. Lack of proper scouting, doing ST business just to, you know, please the fans. And then you now begin to wonder, Akim Ziek was more prolific for Ajax, was more dynamic, was one of their star players. He came to Chelsea and he struggled and, you know, he, could, he struggled to, you know, pick up form and, you know, perform. Maybe Tenag's situation and the scheme Tenag would deploy would be something Anthony is familiar with and therefore will help him settle in the Premier League better. That would be yet to the same. But it is obvious they overpaid for him, which is as a result of lack of poor planning, lack of organisation and not, you know, doing business when they ought to do it. But... Uh, that's what we have come to expect of United now. Yeah, and it's um, interesting what I said. They have no plan because ultimately, look at like just buying players for Ten Hag sake, not for my United sake. So, what happens if maybe two years from now, or even if it doesn't work out, some six months from now, Ten Hag leaves, they bring in another manager that wants to play and that style entirely, and they have that they have another scholarship. I think it's speaks to the fact that they need an actual director of football. Or well, at least a technical director that knows what how to run a club, not just not just people that will be there to help them sign what sponsors and car sponsors and so on and so forth. So is that, is that, so is the is the is the sporting project, and that's why you know sometimes having a proper sporting director and you know director of football who understand the game, who understand what you want to do in the club. Who are going to be the one to do like an imprint of what you want to achieve in the club and then work towards it so that even if they are getting players that will fit the current manager, they will get they will get the player with the mindset that okay, this guy can also do a couple of things that will benefit the team if we pivot away from what we are doing. So that, that that's that's you know, United will continue to uh, what's it called? We continue to dilly dally around it. We continue to behave like this until they have a proper, not a banker that they they told to come and do director of operations or CEO, but a proper football personality with sporting experience, with sporting economics knowledge, to sit down in their you know dressing room and be in the back seat discussing, having proper conversations with the. Uh, sporting crew and they're making proper decisions. Let they, they have to be in tandem. You cannot just be, oh, this guy is 100 million. So, therefore, because this guy is what we like. There are so many players with the profile of Anthony that probably, for example, I might be wrong, but if they're gone early in the transfer window, a pro- someone like Jared Bowen will probably have joined them for maybe 70 million. I might be wrong, or 75 million. And the Jared Bowen, who is already proven in the Premier League, would probably be a better fit for them than and the dancing Anthony. Everyone who know if they've made the right choice. So those are the kind of things they need to sort out. But you know, as you say, when money is involved, nobody is concerned about doing the right thing. They're only concerned about making money. Yeah, and so for one big club to another, because Chelsea are still not quite done with the transfer market. And Tukur came out to say the club still needs at least one big sign, and they might get one big sign before the transfer window closes. So uh, we are hearing reports of 
a female have been agreed with obviously Fufana. And yet, we are still not sure about the future of Aubameyang or Barcelona. Maybe he ends up at Chelsea. So, if you have, if you, who do you think that big signing is going to be? Is it going to be Fofana? Is it going to be Aubameyang? Or is it going to be someone else entirely? So, I just saw, uh, you know, I'm scrolling as we are discussing, having this call. I just saw somewhere where Fabrizio said, uh, Chelsea have paperwork completed with Leicester for Fofana deal. Is in New York to undergo second part of medical, then sign the contract. So that's the uh, the update from Fabrizio. This was five hours ago. So I think they are getting for Fana. I think they, they feel like they need to get for for Fana. And also because of the uh, the options Barcelona has, I think Barcelona is just trying to make sure that they are not fleeced. Uh, you know, we can't call it fleeced anyway because we got him for free, but. I think Asuna is trying to do a, something like, uh, we'll keep him, you better pay us this thing. So I think that's what Barcelona is doing. But other than that, uh, I, I feel like Aubameyang is as good as gone because everything points to that direction. You know, he's, he's a manager he has worked with, he's a league he has played in. You know, he's a, he, he, will be, he, he would automatically become their best striker once immediately he joins, you know. So he he's going to get that benefit of the doubt, and he probably understands the way Tuchel wants to play more than any other person in that front line. So, I think I think from the terms in terms of you know agreements and not, Obama is probably fine with it, and it's just you know out of the way letting Barcelona and Chelsea sort themselves out. So, I think it would happen. We'll see. We'll see going forward. Probably by tomorrow, what's going to happen in in that um, field. Certainly, we'll certainly see how that will go. And and it, 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 it still feels like Chelsea needs someone a penalty box striker at this point. Because even, even with the Leicester game and so on and so forth, they didn't create that much. If they had a striker that can turn a half chance to something else, then they will have to worry about protecting leads and being so nervous when they go in front. But still, from still sticking, sticking with England, well, to our next night anyway. Two years, three years ago, people could argue that Dele Ali was probably the best midfielder in the Premier League. Since <laughs> that time, he left Spurs, he joined Everton, spent six months at Everton, and now he has gone to Besiktas on loan. Like, if you told somebody four years ago that Dele Ali would be at Besiktas on loan in the next three years, I had a tension to work up and won't even be a contender. The person would have laughed at you. But yet, somehow, what has happened to Dele Ali? So, you know, the, sometimes we, we, we always joke about this thing, you know, sometimes we say it, you know, when we joke. But sometimes some of these things matter. And that's where the English press, you know, they, they, a player will do, do something and then they are the next Ronaldo, they are the next Lampard. I remember, you know, Dele Ali was the next uh, schools combined with Lampard, combined with uh, uh, Gerard, all together in one. And then... It happens that uh, you now see that at some point player starts to falter. Ferguson made one statement at one point, you know, when he was having one interview where they were discussing, and he was talking about the number of hours that a Spanish youngster has played organized football. That uh, before becoming a professional, compared to the number of hours that um, an English youngster, and this was in reference to how developed and how technically gifted some of the players that come from Spain 
especially when they get to the international level or when they get to Champions League level, how they perform. Because Ferguson saw, and, and you made the statement that he said, he saw that even some of the players that you don't know at all, that are not popular, that you have not heard of, but because they are solid, by the time they get to that big stage, they are able to do well. Compared to a player, just because he had one fantastic season in uh, Millwall, everyone is calling him Gerard. That, yeah, you, as a young lad, it's easy for stuff like that to get to your head. Except we want to deceive ourselves. So, in the first place, he was overhyped. I think that's the first thing. Yes, he had the fantastic season, but there's so many things that he could you know, that he needed to do for him to now start getting, you know, the Gerard chance and the other, you know, uh, Stevie G's chance. They, they need to have a system or maybe... I don't. I think that's not ever going to happen anyway. Whereby the the the, the British press are fair. <laughs> that one never. That one never Because sometimes they will judge on too poorly, or sometimes they will judge too, they will praise on too highly. So I think that's that's the first thing. He was um, he was overhyped. Number one, he was he was good, but not as good as he was advertised to be, and then. Uh, when you have a combination of those factors, it easily becomes a problem. And I, yeah. I, and I think from what some of the conversations that we saw, you know, he had with Mourinho, and then we saw some of the uh, tidbits from the documentary, it felt, it felt like Mourinho was trying to tell him that guy, there's still something you can, there are so many things you can do, but it feels like you have lost motivation to do the things that will help you do them. Because, why Ronaldo, why Messi, why De Bruyne and all these guys are the best? Because after going on to score a trick today, the next day they are training harder than they trained before. So it's, uh, you have to be maniacal about your training. Things. So I think he, he doesn't feel like he's interested in the game. Because I was thinking, oh, under Lampard and everything, at least, you know, he should, he should be able to like revive his career. But not being able to do it there, not expecting a miracle in Besitas. Yeah, and I think it also speaks to coaching and taking players away from the spotlight. Like, if you compare him to what Pep did with Phil Foden, like, those first three years, Pep did with Phil Foden for more. Like, okay, yes, I was like, he's not going alone. He's not going to play that many matches. He needs to develop off the pitch, to develop that mentality. And now, Foden looks unbeatable. Like, I can tell you, yes, this player has, has been allowed to develop. It feels like sometimes... England does is where the trip play into the spotlight very early on. And even if it works out, like which which when Rooney worked out when he was 16 and everything. By the time Rooney got started, Rooney was tired. Like Rooney's body, Rooney's body was gone. He could not do it anymore. So it feels like if you throw players into that spotlight early on, it doesn't help. And as I said, with the British press, they go to monitor every aspect of their lives. See what see what the, the way they did with Sterling, the way they have done with Ali, Rooney, every inch of it will come through. It's like your entire life will basically be content, and it's not going to help. It's not going to if you don't have the right mentality for it at, at some point, you may just falter. So I actually feel a bit sorry for Ali because okay, you, you can say yes, he's not as good as advertised, but he's a very intelligent player of the ball. Like he knew how to be in the right position and right, so on yeah, and so yeah, forth. Yeah. Now you can see yeah, his confidence is completely gone. You can't see he's anything anymore. I don't think he even started a single game in January. It is that it is that bad and that poor. And also, 
a few things before we are not even done yet. But anyway, we are definitely we are likely to be here for, for on Wednesday when transfer window closes when, yes. officially. Well, so we definitely be a wrap up of all the madness that have gone through and gone around. And speaking of all the chaos that is happening, so we saw this evening that Edison Cavani somehow is going to join Valencia or basically join Valencia anyway. Because honestly, I'm a bit surprised. But then again, not really. Because it seems like no other club was coming and transforming those rolling, those rolling out. So, do you think Cavani still offers something tangible to Valencia? Not just off the pitch, but even on it. Or do you think it's perhaps a bit too old? Like too far so, in his career? So, the, the, thing, the first thing is that uh, someone that has not eaten a bar for, for one week Cannot claim that uh, <laughs> it is fried rice he wants to eat <laughs> when you never even chop ever. So, because you need to remember that Valencia, as at this time last uh, year, were selling off everyone and every, anyone yeah. and everyone because of a financial crisis. Where they, they sold their long term campaign, Pareo, they sold almost, they sold anybody of talent, anybody of notes, they sold them away. So, getting someone like Cavani, who Given the opportunity, you know, scrappy game, you are able to make one crossing, you can convert for you to come and you know just be in the mix of what's going on in your team is not a bad idea. And I think uh maybe other than maybe availability or injury, it was almost the it was very professional in Manchester United, you know, came on when it was needed, put in the work rate when he was asked to, you know, you could see that it would just it just was just there. Doing his job, he was not, uh, you know, concerned about the extra stuff, and he scored some, you know, some timely goals for them also. So, considering what they have, and the first, the thing I will ask you that, <laughs> do you know who was playing nine for Valencia? So, uh, it's because considering what they've put together and what they had before, and Cavani, then it's obviously an upgrade. And you know, he has shown that he can play off the bench if he needs to. He can be a team player, not just someone that will, you know that will take over the dressing room. So. If you have that kind of um, personality, you know, it can help, you know, even the younger guys to accept, you know, their responsibilities and stuff like that. So I think it's a good it's a good addition for Valencia altogether. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. And as you said, Valencia don't really seem they also do not have like a better striker anyway. Perhaps Maxi Gomez for his form has gone. The other is Guguduro, which is who is not a grade striker, and to an extent, you can say Valencia are no longer really a grade team in La Liga because it's not even that they've sold players like, for the past two years, they've been selling players, and they've come out and said that all as aside from Jose Luis Gaia, everybody else is for sale. And it's because Barcelona, Barcelona, they know that that Gaia, Barcelona should get him, they, they, they want more money than what Barcelona is probably willing to offer, but exactly. Like uh, and I think they'll even get to a point where I consider they aren't qualifying for Europe anymore. But soon I come to the lower they'll be like, Oh, we don't get choice. No matter, you know, it's, it's a, a remarkable situation. And perhaps Cavani can be like some kind of spark like to lift to lift the entire mood like, because there's a stillness at Valencia. At this point, yes. nobody really cares about yes. what happens to Valencia. They seem boring, they seem, and they hired last thing, they had a manager that was playing as like. Complete around ball, like with with Bordalas, the, the football was crazy. 
now I think they are going is in a different a bit of a different direction like that. So perhaps Cavani might spearhead that. He's going to be definitely one to keep an eye as well. So um I think I'm afraid that's all we have time for this today anyway, because two days from now we'll definitely return because there's there's going to be a lot to discard and we know in the summer transfer we'll abolish before yeah. before six PM on Wednesday. Things would have gone down. Madness would have gone down. So, well, so I think my prediction before the um, transfer window ends is a, is a very funny one. But I think Frankie De Jong might eventually leave. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I think it's possible. That, yeah, that's, I... that's, that's the crazy bold one I'm, I'm uh, predicting. I don't think it will happen, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm predicting it might happen. That's an interesting one because I... I I'm not so confident in seeing where he ends up anymore. I think we might we might like to see go for him or Chelsea. Just because those are the two best options at this point. He's definitely going to one we're going to keep an eye out for anyway. So again, by by Wednesday a lot will have come to light. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So Wallace, once again, thank you for joining me on this another well wind of a transfer with the journey. So thank you guys. And thank you guys for thank you guys for listening and please do join us for Wednesday because things have things will have happened. Things are going to happen anyway.